Hi, this is Nick Forster. This week in E-Town, we're going to continue celebrating 30 years on the air by looking at some of our archive shows. This one from 2003, some great Celtic music, a great songwriter from California, an interview, a great award that all starts right now. Foothills of the Rocky Mountains, it's E-Town with this week's guests. From San Francisco, California, New West recording artist Chuck Prophet. And from Donegal, Ireland, virgin recording artist Altan. Right now, here's your host, Nick Forster. Thank you, everybody. Welcome to E-Town. Get together, spend a little time together, listen to some great live music. Glad you could join us. I love going to places around the world where you can kind of tell where you are by the sound of voices and uh, accents and particular phrases. Both of our guests this week sound like where they come from. Chuck Prophet, sure enough, is a California boy. And uh, our first guests come from County Donegal in Ireland, which has, it's an area that not only is known for some of its own distinct tunes, but also the way the tunes are played to the trained ear, they can tell where these things come from. Mine is not quite that trained, but I can certainly appreciate the fact that our first guests really sound like where they come from. We're really glad to have them back. Please welcome back Altan.
for Mila Mila Mahigov, it's great to be back in E-Town. And hello, listeners at home as well. Are you well? Yeah. Good, good, good. Well, we are from Donegal. Very like this area. Loads of mountains, but not too much snow. <laughs> are you ready to sing? Good, because there's a lovely chorus in this, and we usually get everyone to sing along. It's called Green Grow the Rushes O, written by the Scottish poet Robbie Burns, and in praise of women. You. There's not but Signifies the life of man, and where not far the lassies old, green grow the rushes old, green grow the rushes old, the sweetest hours that e'er I spent are spent among. Sweetest stars that e'er I spent 
Or spent a month in Lassie's on your own. So was I making that up about Donegal sounding, having a certain sound? I mean, I know, for example, that there's a very different way of playing the fiddle in Texas than there is in playing uh, the fiddle in, in Louisiana or in Appalachia. Is it sort of like that? It's exactly like that, yeah. The, the styles are completely different, uh, even though Ireland is a, a much smaller country. In Donegal, we play kind of fast and furious, as you heard. <laughs> it's not that we want to get to the pub early or anything like that at all, no. It's just that that's just the way it's done. So uh, in other places like County Clare or whatever, they might play a bit slower, and, uh, but that's, that's the way it is. And tell me a little bit about the balance between innovation and preserving tradition. Well, I, I don't think we find it too difficult. We, we really do focus on playing the traditional music, but part of tradition is, as you know yourself, it's kind of a contradiction because, you know, change is of the essence of traditional music. Right. Uh, you, you get the thing from somebody, and you really respect how they played it, but you want to put your own thing into it, so there's natural variation. And then, of course, with a band like this, there didn't used to be guitars and bazookies in Donegal, so just by adding that, it changes it yeah. a bit, anyhow. Now, where exactly does Dolly Parton uh, fit in, just out of curiosity? Did, did you not know she's from Donegal? <laughs> she's on your, she's on, sings on your new CD. Actually, she asked us to join her about uh, seven years ago on her Heart Songs album and we were delighted to meet up with her and realised that we had a lot in common. She's fantastic uh, traditional music in her background, as she says, when she goes back to her roots. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of songs were sung in the Appalachian Mountains that we would have in Donegal. Yeah. And um, about two years ago, she asked us to join her again on the Little Sparrow album. And then um, when we were recording, she said, have you ever come across a song that you'd like me to do. So we did. We got it the next day. (laughs) (laughs) She sings high, uh, doesn't she? She's an amazingly high singer when she's singing harmony with you on that one towards the end of the tune. Oh, she does. We have sort of, well, she has an amazing, uh, amazing capacity to sing any type of music and it was really simple for her to sing along with But you have very similar voices in many ways, which I thought was great. We we do because, like, well, she seems to blend very easily. Um, well, any, anyway, I just uh, I appreciate you making the time to, we love to stop make, by. That's great. Thank you. Well, let's go back to music. Welcome back, our good friends, Altan. Thank you. Nick. Thank you. This is the title track of our current album, The Blue Idol. Set of jigs. Thank you. 
Alton from Donegal in Ireland, Mairead Nguyeni on the fiddle and vocals, Kieran Turish on the fiddle and whistle, Dermot Byrne on accordion, Di Sproul on guitar, and Kieran Curran here on the bazooki. We will be back with more music from Altan and Chuck Prophet, plus interview guests and awards. That's all coming up after a short break. This portion of E-Town is made possible by the Bohemian Foundation, building stronger communities through the Bohemian qualities of creativity and imagination. On the web at bohemianfoundation.org. You're listening to E-Town. Thank <laughs> you. 
I'm Nick Forster. You're listening to E-Town. Altown is going to be back to play some more music in the second half of the show. We've also got Chuck Prophet here with his wife, Stephanie, and he's got a bunch of great songs for you. But right now, each week we get to meet somebody that we hear about from listeners like you, people who are making their hometowns a little better, people who are deciding to kind of follow, I think it was Gandhi's advice, to be the change you're looking for. It's noble work one step at a time. It's called the Achievement Award, and here comes Helen Forster to tell you about this week's winner. Thanks, Nick. This week's story was sent in by Peter Forbes of Waitsfield, Vermont. Now, if that name sounds familiar, you may have heard Peter being interviewed on our show a few months back. He's an author and land conservationist, and he's actually nominated someone he mentioned during that interview, Classy Parker of Harlem in New York City. Classy is the original driving force behind a project called the Five Star Garden, and uh, I'd like to share a portion of Peter's letter to us. He writes, Classy lives in Harlem, just a few blocks from the hospital where she was born. For years, she felt stuck on a street where no one knew their neighbors and where drug dealers dominated the neighborhood. She especially feared for her father and other senior citizens who felt trapped inside their apartments without safe access to the outside world. So Classy came up with the idea of making the vacant lot next door into a community garden where the old and young could work together. Peter continues, It's almost absurdly small, but for the people of 121st Street, who for the most part never leave Harlem, the garden is their own piece of land to which they've developed a very deep personal connection. That sounds like a wonderful story, Nick. And we're going to hear more from Classy herself. She's waiting on the phone to talk with us. So please welcome this week's winner, Classy Parker. How are you, Classy? Good. So tell me about this amazing story, this piece of land that you helped make sort of transform uh, yes. your neighborhood. Well, my father was 70, 70 years old, and he didn't want to retire. My mom always told me he was an outside man. So I decided to take a vacant lot that was next to the building and turn it into a garden. But well, how did you figure out that you could do this on a vacant lot? You just decided to start working on it, or did you have to get permission first? Or? Well, I had to go to the city. And city referred me to an organization called Green Thumb. They gave me supplies and uh, put up fencing and brought in dirt to grow the vegetables with. And at that time, when you were first getting started, your neighborhood was pretty rough, Helen mentioned? Yes, it was, because when we started with the lot, there was a lot of drug traffic in it. There was needles laying around. There was prostitution. There was illegal dumping. We had gang violence there. It was really bad, especially at night. When you started cleaning it up and, and uh, bringing in soil and stuff, did everybody just accept that, or just, was anybody well, resistant to it? Well, there was some resistance. People said it was never going to be any good, that no vegetables would grow there, that it wasn't going to make it, and here it is 12 years later, and it's still operating. Wow, 12 years. That's 12 great. 12 years. You must have a big bunch of people helping now. Yes, we do. People are coming from all over. We had visitors from Italy and Germany. We have people that are moving in. We got a host of a multicultural community here that is helping out with the garden. Wow. So tell me a little bit about how this piece of lot getting transformed changed the way you experience your neighborhood. Well, when we first began, people were kind of grim. Uh, 
you couldn't walk down the street without someone rolling your eyes at you. But now, since the garden has came, people are now saying hello. They're offering to help. They're donating things to the garden. If I get a truckload of dirt to come in, they pitch in and help out. It's a totally different atmosphere from when I first started. Now, what do you do with the produce and the things you grow in the garden? Well, we give them out to the senior citizens and whoever helps out in the garden. Mm -hmm. We share the food with the neighbors, the people in the community, soup kitchens and pantries. And what about uh, who gets to decide what you're going to grow? Is that a community decision too? Well, we all work together. Some people are good at tomatoes, some good at collard greens. My father is very good with peaches and cucumbers. Everyone has a favorite vegetable they love to plant. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so you said you started this with um, a lot of concern for your dad, who was sort of a a guy who liked to work outside. Always, always work outside. How has this been, this project, for him? It's amazing. When I first started, I didn't know my father had this wealth of knowledge. My dad came right in. He showed me how to plant. He showed the other people that didn't know how to plant. We made compost. I stopped running from worms. He showed us how to plant fruit trees. I mean, Dad has been doing this since he was five years old, and he's 86 now. Wow. Our young men come from all over to talk with him. When Dad starts to plant a tree, it's like a private ceremony. I'm telling you, he's like a magnet. He draws all the young men and the old ladies. (laughs) He's a sweetheart. There's a new... A uh, sort of description for the benefits of a community garden right there. Yes. Well, it draws everybody. Yeah. We have young and old. We have children coming from the schools. We have teenagers now that are painting murals for the garden. I mean, it's a multicultural wow. center. Is there a place for them to go into the garden and sit, like on a bench or something? Yes, we have a beautiful gazebo. We have new cast iron gates. We have an indoor watering system. And we have a new tool shed. Now we've become a, a permanent site with the Manhattan Land Trust. Mm-hmm. Are there any other gardens sort of springing up around Harlem, as far as you know? Everywhere, everywhere. <laughs> the school got a garden. The teenagers got a garden. We got some other gardeners that have been gardening. We got gardens that just grow roses. It's all over. Any idea, Classy, of how many people you think you've influenced since you started this project 12 years ago? Thousands. Wow. Uh, well, I'm, I'm so uh, happy you shared your story with us, and I really want to congratulate you because you did this thing that completely transformed your neighborhood. Yeah, you my know? father always says that if you get the people together planting, you'll find out that there's a wealth of knowledge there. The dirt seems to bring them together. <laughs> well, Classy, thank you so much for telling us your story. I really think it's an inspiration. We're going to send you a Framed Achievement Award certificate in the mail. Thank and, you. And uh, I just want to say congratulations and thanks again. And thank you. And anytime you're in New York, come by and visit the garden. I'm going to take you up on that. I'm going to come soon. Yes, please do. All right, Classy. Thank you. Thank you. That's Classy Parker, winner of this week's Achievement Award. Thanks to Peter Forbes of Waitsfield, Vermont, who nominated our winner this week. Peter, thanks so much. Now, for our listeners, if you'd like more information about Classy Parker and the Five Star Garden Project, or if you have an idea of someone you think deserves some credit, might be a stranger you've heard about, could be someone you even know personally, send in their story. They could end up on the air. You can reach us here in E-Town. Send us an email at info at etown.org. Or write us the old-fashioned way at Box 954, Boulder, Colorado, 80306.
Thank you, Helen. Love that story. Love that Classy Parker's success story. Uh, I mentioned before that Altan is going to be back to play some more music in the second half of the show. And uh, we're also going to speak with authors Ross Hanfler and Brett Johnson. And right now, I want to introduce to you our next guests. I mentioned that Altan sounds like where they come from. It's kind of obvious, but Chuck Prophet, to me, really does too. He was born in Whittier, California. And that kind of surf music, uh, country music, rock and roll, dusty vibe all seep into the sound of his songs. He joined a psychedelic roots cowboy band called Green on Red in the early 80s, and, and he started making solo records in the early 90s. He's really a good songwriter, guitar player. His latest CD is a, a favorite of ours around the office, and uh, it's called No Other Love. He's here with his wife, Stephanie Finch. Please welcome to E-Town from San Francisco, California, for his first visit, Mr. Chuck Prophet. Jumps up on my lap, starts to lick my face like a Persian cat. Oh, I'm laughing, got nothing up my 
Great to be here in E-Town. We got Christian back there in the penalty box on the drums. He's gonna count this one off. Our primo snorted up his name Like he does every year The day he came into the world It makes him feel like Richard Gere But it always fades too fast Now he's staring down his past Oh
The barbecue was in full swing When Primo took the call Primo ran in his tool shed Sirens lights flashing red Yeah, man. Tell me about a record when you were growing up that blew your mind. Was there a sort of a first record that you heard that you just went, okay, that's it, I'm hooked? I, I would say it was probably those Rolling Stones records because uh, there was just something about it, that, that just the collisions of the guitars, you know, it, it made no sense, but at the same time it made perfect sense. It was just this kind of abstract expressionist kind of rhythmic stew, you know, and that's always kind of yeah. been the stuff I like. Now, you, you grew up listening to that stuff, but other stuff, too, obviously. And you kind of have been listening beyond the normal range of sounds, I think. You know, from what I can tell, like on your last record, uh, you incorporated some samples and some uh, more commercial sounds than somebody might have expected, I guess. Well, I think for me, uh, as a songwriter, I'm really a slave to tradition. In other words, uh, I think it's going to be a while before I break out of the verse-chorus, verse-chorus kind of approach to things. But I always have a keen ear out for anything that uh, turns it sideways, you know. Yeah. And uh, I also wanted to mention that when, as I was kind of listening to your latest CD, there's a cinematic element to the songs. It's just that there's a bunch of layers, and um, I like the way that the records produce and the way the sounds are. And I don't know if you've ever thought about making sounds for movies or making soundtracks or, you know, contributing in that way. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm listed. I'm in the phone book. I'm surprised <laughs> that nobody... <laughs> Just waiting for the phone to ring, you know. I played a lot of guitar watching TV with the sound down. I think, you know, <laughs> that's got to be worth something. <laughs> hey, and, and the last thing I want to just mention, um, Dolly Parton sang on uh, Alten's latest record, and they played on a couple of hers. And, and then I look on your website, and there's a picture of you with your arm around Dolly Parton. What is this about Dolly Parton? She's everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> is she that doesn't have much to do now, or what's going on? Uh, <laughs> gee, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> there was a, uh, she was doing a recording session in Nashville, and my friend Kim Ritchie uh, was singing background on the session and asked me if I wanted to come along. And I said that I didn't really want to go unless I had a job to do, so we decided that I would become the staff photographer. So I took Dolly's picture with everybody else, and then after everyone had cleared out, she um, kind of spun around on her chair and said, yeah, I'll get your picture taken with me. <laughs> she can do it. And she pointed, you know. And then later Kim did comment, she said, did you notice when Dolly hugs you, it's like a block hug? She's, I said, no, that's not the way I remember it at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was feeling it. 
All right. Well, we should ask her to come over here sometime and see what happens. So you get your movie gig, and we'll get Dolly on E-Town for, as a result of the show. It's all going to work out great. Yeah, and I'll give you a cut yeah. for the movie gig, and you can give me a I'll send you a picture. For, yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man, we're going to go back to the world of music. It's been fun learning your songs. It's the first time I've used my wah-wah pedal in about 100 years. This is fun. I like this. The Farfisa, the wah-wah, we're really breaking some new ground. Well, uh, we're going to get back to music. Welcome back all the way from San Francisco, along with his wife, uh, Stephanie Finch. Please welcome back Mr. Chuck Prophet. She makes it Jenna come by And I sure hope she makes it Ooh, it's a summertime thing Summertime thing Well, there's a party next door And it sounds like it's cooking I poked my head over the wall I took a look in there was a five-piece band that was really rockin' It looked like some kind of family reunion Hey, it's a summertime thing Summertime thing It's a summertime thing Summertime thing Summer heat's got me feeling lazy The air is warm and the sky is hazy Are people getting down, getting crazy Oh, people getting down, getting stupid, getting crazy Hey, hey, it's summertime, hey Summertime, hey Summertime thing Summertime thing Can your sister come along? How could she not wanna? Put the Beach Boys on. Wanna hear Help Me Rhonda? Put the Beach Boys on. Wanna hear Help Me Rhonda? 
That's Chuck Prophet. Along with Stephanie Finch. Out in San Francisco, California. We'll be back with more from this special show from our 2003 season after a short break. Your visit to E-Town is made possible in part by the Scientific and Cultural Facilities District, or SCFD, one of the largest cultural funding mechanisms in the United States, supporting nearly 300 organizations in the greater Denver area. You're listening to E-Town.
I'm Nick Forster. I'd like to say hello to our listeners who are hearing E-Town on stations like Dundalk FM in Ireland or KRNN in Juneau, Alaska, and on WVTF in Roanoke, Virginia. As always, if you want some more information about any of our guests, including Altan or Chuck Prophet, or you just want to learn more about what E-Town is up to, lots of information is online at etown.org. Now let's go back to the E-Town stage as we revisit this show from 2003. We're going to get back to music in just a bit. We're here at the Boulder Theater, and Boulder is uh, around the country. It's a well-known college town. Uh, Four CU grad students work together to produce one of the most idealistic, positive manuals for living on this planet. It's called the Better World Handbook, and in these wild days where both common sense and taste are taking a temporary holiday. This book is a welcome food for thought for a lot of people, and uh, two of the authors are here this week. Please welcome to E-Town Ross Hanfler and Brett Johnson. A big hand if you would. Hey, you guys. You guys were both at school when you got the idea, or you, were, you began working together to make this book happen? There's actually two other authors, and we were all graduate students uh, in the sociology department, and we were all teaching our own classes. We found that we were teaching about all these social problems, and our students were coming back to us and saying, well, all right, that's useful, that's good, but what can I do about these yeah. problems? And Brett, were you the, the sort of more mild-mannered teacher when you were doing these classes? That's right. I was the academic researcher on the book. Yeah. <laughs> so you did all the hard work. It was mostly just a bunch of fun. It's a giant concept to think about. Boy, these are uh, broad ideas about living in the world, how we can live in a more sustainable way, not just environmentally, because that's something that I know has been documented, but this is the bigger side, the social side, the sort of interactive side of that. Well, the book, in a nutshell, is encouraging people to live out their values on a daily basis. And that's what we found in researching this book, is there's amazing opportunities for people to do this they don't know about. So it's all the choices that we, how we spend our money, how we shop, how we uh, make those daily decisions about getting to and from work and uh, making those kinds of choices that can make an impact. And how we interact with uh, people in our daily lives. Yeah. There's a list in the book, what you call the seven foundations of a better world. Tell us what they are. We came up with what type of world do we want to live in? And we came up with a world based on economic fairness, comprehensive peace, ecological sustainability, deep democracy social justice, a culture of simplicity, and revitalized community. Yeah. By talking with our students, I mean, we share a lot of the visions for a better world. It just takes people like Classy and her community garden for us to just get a little kick in the butt to go out and do something. Right. In case you just joined us, you're listening to E-Town. My guests are Ross Hanfler and Brett Johnson. Maybe we could just take a couple of those seven foundations and dig in below the surface. You can help people see why your book makes sense to you guys. Well, what we're really trying to do is make a variety of actions based on those seven foundations that are very accessible to people. Because I think a lot of times, if you think of folks involved in social change, we come up with this image in our heads of these very serious people attending some serious meetings, having some serious discussions, creating some serious actions, and going out and trying to create some serious social change. And really, we're about trying to spread this message that you can live the life you want to live and still make a difference in the world. So with the economic fairness, uh, it is 
as simple sometimes as switching some of your investments to socially responsible investing. With ecological sustainability, in our food chapter, we talk about eating less meat. We don't say, you know, go vegetarian or go vegan if you can do that, that's great for you. But all of us can maybe cut back a little bit and that'll have very positive impacts on our world. You know, our transportation chapter just suggests different ways to use your car less or not use your car at all sometimes. Most of us in this culture do have a car. So we try to point out, here's the gas stations you can frequent that are more, a little more socially responsible than other ones. If you're going to buy a car, some cars that you can purchase that will have less of an environmental and social impact on the world. So we just try to keep the tone really positive and empowering rather than getting stuck in feeling like we can't make a difference or that we're more self-righteous than someone else because we're not. Right. And hopefully we'll provide that extra step to get you over your hump. You have something you want to communicate to your legislator, but you feel scared about doing it. In our book, we highlight tips on writing letters and easy ways to do it and the addresses you need to send them to. Well, it's great. And congratulations on finishing what really kind of, when you think about it, is, it must seem like a daunting task to put all that stuff in one book. Once again, our guests, Brett Johnson and Ross Hanfler. The book is The Better World Handbook, and you can find out about it at betterworldhandbook.com. Thanks, Thank, Nick. Thank Thanks you so guys. much. Thanks for stopping by. Well, let's go back to music. Welcome back, our good friends, Virgin recording artist Altan. Thank you. 
one of the greatest Celtics bands in the world, Altan, here on stage at E-Town. Mairead Nguyeni, Kieran Tourish, Dermot Byrne, Dahi Sproul, Kieran Curran, Altan, here at E-Town. Wow. What a great sound. We're going to get um, Chuck Prophet and Stephanie Finch out here and uh, get the E-Tones and Helen Forster, and we're going to do one more song. As I mentioned before, it's always a trick to sort of imagine how we're going to find common ground. The way this one worked was we thought, well, let's see, American singers, Hank Williams, Woody Guthrie, maybe Bob Dylan. Oh, yeah, Bob Dylan. He's uh, famous for stealing melodies from, you know, traditional songs and has for years, so that was... Uh, led us to what I hope is going to be a success here. I want to thank everybody for being part of the show. Chuck Prophet again from San Francisco. Thanks so much, Stephanie. I want to thank our award winner, Classy Parker, changing her neighborhood with a community garden in Harlem. Thank you to Ross Hempler and Brett Johnson, co-authors of the Better World Handbook. Thanks for stopping by. Very special thanks to the members of Altan for coming and stopping here in E-Town, from Donegal in Ireland. Thanks, of course, to Helen Forrester and the E-Tones. I'm Nick Forrester. I hope you can be with us next week right here in E-Town. If you're traveling in the North Country Fair Where the winds set heavy on the borderline Remember me to the one who lives there For she once was a true If you go when the snowflakes storm When the rivers freeze and the summer ends Please see for me Just wearing a coat so warm To keep her from the howling wind
This is a production of E-Town. There it is, folks. Wonderful Celtic music from Altan. Great songwriter Chuck Prophet. Thanks to our interview guest Ross Hanfler and uh, Brett Johnson, and of course our award winner, one of my favorites, Classy Parker from New York City. I'm Nick Forster. Thank you for listening.